Well, hey, I don't know how many of you all remember, uh, but you remember when you were a kid and every idea seemed like a good idea? At least, at least it was something that you thought, man, you know what, I'm going to jump on this idea and I believe the risk is worth the reward that might come out of that idea. And I don't know about you, but do you remember playing hide-and-seek? And I was always a smaller statue kid, so I could find these incredible hiding places like the dryer. But you know what? Dryers don't have latches so you can get out on them. So I hid for a really long time, and, and nobody found me. And then you start thinking about, I don't know about you, but, but my parents sometimes would go on vacation without me. I uh, have no idea why, but they would go on vacation. And, and so, I mean, one time I got a a wise idea that I would hide in their suitcase and I zip myself up in their suitcase and and guess what I couldn't get unzipped out of that suitcase and 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 they wasn't leaving for a couple of days but eventually eventually I got out and you think about it I don't know about you but it seemed like a really good idea at the old Moberly Junior High right by the post office they had these taller lockers and uh, and so I decided hey you know what let me see if I can get in a locker so I can skip a class and and, and somebody put me in the locker, but they didn't have release latches in those lockers. And, and my friends didn't let me out. Or, or we'll go speed up. How many of y'all ever snuck in the drive-in in the trunk? And then they left you in the trunk. One of my stupidest moments was when we were stationed in West Germany. And, and uh, they put me in the, in the front of a 911 Porsche Targa. Me and another guy named Sam. It was the most cramped ride, but it was crazy because Sam was like, yeah, we're going left, we're going right. But it was the worst ride because 911 Porsche Targas in the front don't have really good shocks. And, and so, you know, you think it's a good idea, but you realize it's not a good idea, and you begin to panic because now the risk is not worth the reward. Amen? Well, John chapter 10, verse 10. The thief's purpose is to steal, kill, and destroy. My purpose, this is Jesus speaking, it's in red. My purpose is to give them a rich and satisfying life. I want you to know that that's Jesus' purpose for each and every one of our lives. But how do I get there? Philippians chapter 4, verse 13. For I can do everything through Christ who gives me strength. In other words, I can live a rich and satisfying life through Christ who gives me strength. So the promise is there, but how do I enact the promise in my life. Let us pray. Father God, as we talk about taking the lids off today, Father, the lids tend to, to limit our life. They tend to hinder and hold our life back. But Father, we don't have to do life alone. You bring others around us. But Father, we need to look at just a few of those lids today that limit our life, limit who you desire us to be, limit us living that that rewarding, overflowing, fulfilled life. And so, Father, for the next few moments, help me be able to share how to take the lids off and that people will begin to experience a free life like never before, a life without limits. Holy Spirit, you'll help each person realize, each person realize that they can do all things through Christ who strengthens them. In Jesus' name, amen. How many of us have felt that way in life? That there's no way out of our current situation, our current circumstance, our, our current whatever it is in our life. 
And we've all had seasons in our life where we feel that we're going through our life with like a lid over our head. When our circumstances seem so much less than what we know is possible and we don't know how to break free from the situations and circumstances that we're in. And some of you may feel that way right now. Others of you have felt that way. In the future, some of the others will, will feel those things. You have a dream that God placed inside of you, and you really, really want to believe that that dream will come true, and you badly want to reach it. Everything inside you desires that, that John 10.10 life. But for some reason... I'm going to switch to this mic. But for some reason, the desires are gone. And for some reason, there's a lid or an unseen opposition that causes you to feel trapped in like the barrel of life. And it's leading to you believe that your life will be no different than it's already been in your life. You don't see a future. You don't have any hope that this is what it is. You don't believe there's a way out because you've never seen anybody go beyond where you are. Maybe in your family, nobody's ever gone to college. Maybe in your family, nobody's ever been debt-free. Maybe your friends and your family's marriages are few and far in between of successful marriages that, that aren't battling. And the bottom line is you're struggling to see a way to open that lid because you have never seen it done before. And those scenarios can perpetuate a claustrophobic, spiritual claustrophobic condition in your life. They can choke out your faith. They can cause you to believe that a John 10-10 life won't happen for you. See, maybe your lid that you have in your life represents insecurity. How many of us battle with insecurity? Maybe you don't think there's a way out because insecurity hangs over your head like a heavy blanket that's wet. And you can't shake that I can't mentality. And every response that is brought up to you, your immediate response is I can't do it. I can't do that. I can't do that, and it's a lid. It's a wrong view of God, and it's a wrong view of yourself because I want to tell you today and prophesy into your life that you can do all things. Everybody say, I can. You can do all things through Christ who strengthens you. You don't have to be limited by the lids in your life. Maybe you have a feeling of insignificance. Maybe you have a feeling of powerlessness that is your lid. But listen to the definition of a lid. A lid is anything that keeps you from growing any higher or experiencing anything greater. A lid is anything that keeps you from growing any higher or experiencing thing any greater. Many of you think, well, God can use somebody else in another city. God can use another family. God can use somebody else in another career, another church, anybody other than me. Isn't it amazing? If you've been reading your one-year Bible, you see that in the story of Gideon and even in the story of Saul. And the problem is we put this lid in our life of limited thinking. 
limited thinking because of whatever reason we put that limitation on our life. Really what we think is all the promises in the Bible are good and true and so be it for everybody else, but they're probably not for me because of what my life has been like. God could not use me to start a business. God could not use me to write a book or a song. God could not use me to make a difference in a generation. And we think that this, we put this lid over our thinking that's called limited thinking. And our lives are directed and affected by the way that we think. And if listen, if you want to live differently, you're going to have to think differently. Romans chapter 12, verse 2. Don't copy the behaviors and customs of this world but let God transform. Everybody say transform. Now transform means that once there's a change, you can't go back. You can change something and you can go back to the way it used to be, but when something's transformed, it doesn't go back. You've never seen a caterpillar become a butterfly and go back to a caterpillar. You've never seen a tadpole become a frog and go back to a tadpole. You've seen Play-Doh shaped and molded into something and it goes back to what? A lump of Play-Doh. Because there's a difference of transformation and change. Let God transform you into a new person by changing the way that you think. Then you will learn to know God's will for you, which is good, pleasing, and perfect. What is his will for you? To live in an overflowing, abundant life. To live, but you got to think differently. You know what? This is a big one. I think this is one of the things that we battle the most but you've let negative words of people in your life put a lid on your life. Someone who doesn't believe in you, you've allowed their words to shape the lid that will hover over your life, trapping you. And the result is because those negative words from people, because they hurt so bad, you've begun to isolate yourself. From people. You begin to pull back. Why? Because those negative words have dug so deeply in your heart that you don't want to put yourself out there again to be hurt. You can't risk the humiliation. You can't risk experience of the pain and misery that someone might say something like that again in your life. And so we isolate ourselves and we insulate ourselves and we don't let anything in, even the voice of God. We will not even let the voice of God in our life or his word or his people that is trying to build you up because we're so afraid that we live in this constant fear of these negative words that, that man, you're going to start out this way but it's going to turn up different. And maybe maybe today you see every suggestion and every correction as an attack. So you turn around and you weaponize instead of growing from it, pushing people away, instead of opening up and allow people to come in. And the result is you stunt your own growth. Everybody say lids. The problem with that approach to life is that God made us for relationship. And without people around us to help us grow, we box our lives in to a barrel, and we seal it shut. And I get it. I get it. It's very difficult to trust again when you've been hurt. I know it personally, but I also know personally I have a lot of good people that God sent in my life to build me up. And any time that I groan, I know personally it's because it's been with someone else putting their finger on my chest and saying, Vic, Buck up. 
time to let it go, time to move up. God can help you grow. God can help your heart heal. You were made for greatness. Step out and don't be limited by the lids in your life. Think about it. The majority of time that you've been blessed, think about it. The majority of time that you've been blessed in your life has been through people. Maybe it's a prayer. Maybe it's a pat on the back. Maybe it's an encouragement text. Maybe it's a provision that somebody blessed you with a gift. Because you know what? God loves to use people to bless people. And if you're not in a relationship with the right people, then the view of your own insecurities, the wrong people will create a lid that will keep you from growing and experiencing the John 10:10 life that God has promised for each and every one of you. See, you don't need to just gather people around you that tell you how great you are. But you need to get around healthy believers will help you stretch you and grow you even when it's uncomfortable. Amen. Because God uses godly people to chisel away those rough areas and those excess areas in our life. To chisel away those ungodly things. Proverbs 27, verse 17, as iron sharpens iron, so a friend sharpens a friend. Listen, we all have lids in some area of our life. And we need healthy people around us. Because let's be real. Me, myself, and I form a really unhealthy small group. Proverbs 27, verse 19. As a face is reflected in the water, so the heart reflects the real person. I don't know your heart, but you know your heart. You know your heart. You know if you're being real and vulnerable and genuine and authentic. And I've learned when it comes to relationships, the risk is worth it. We just completed our small group, Emotional Healthy Spirituality. And I'll be honest with you, it was amazing because the third week something, something broke. And our small group began to open. And, and I would say, guys, we got to go home. I, I mean, it's 9 o'clock. i got to go home. I'm going to be in trouble if I don't get home. My wife knew where I was. But something broke, and, and we began to open up, and, 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 and those people in our group, it became emotionally healthy. And, and not only that, but it began to grow in our spirituality. I think about our team that went to Turkey and Moldova, and I'll be honest, it was the first missions trip team I have ever led where there wasn't a meltdown of anybody. And guess what? We had plenty of opportunities to have meltdowns. Three hours on this plane, two, on the plane, on the tarmac. With two hours in Moldova on a plane because some stupid woman wouldn't put her seatbelt on. And let me tell you what really got my ire up. They escort her off the plane. I'm looking, put my glasses on. I'm straining. I'm like, why isn't she in handcuffs? Okay, maybe I can't see it. So I'm watching her. They put her in the back seat of the, the police truck. I thought, good. And then all of a sudden, her window rolls down, and she lights up a cigarette. And I'm on a plane for two hours. 
No meltdown. In every airport, we were rushing through. I've never had my name called from the front desk. Dylan, Vic, Brad, Lonnie, Scott, if you're in the airport, the plane is about to close. No time to pee, no time to get something to eat, no time to get something to drink. We're rushing. What I've learned is relationships, what we, well, let's go back to our country and the world. What is the opposite of relationships? We've all experienced it in the last couple of years. Listen, research has shown that the chronic social isolation increases the risk of mental health issues like depression, anxiety, and substance abuse, as well as chronic conditions of high blood pressure, heart disease, diabetes. It also raises the risk of dementia in older adults. Implementation of quarantines by the nationwide lockdown had a major effect on mental health disorders such as depression, anxiety, and especially alcohol use disorder. The psychosocial consequences of the lockdown are isolation, freedom of loss, and separation of loved ones. Over the course of the pandemic, many adults reported symptoms consistent with anxiety and depression, with approximately 4 in 10 adults reporting these symptoms by early 2021. Before, and the good news, before declining to approximately 3 in 10 adults since the pandemic. That's really not good statistics. Because, see, when I read the Bible... When I really read the Bible, nobody ever reached their destiny alone. Not even Jesus. Studies show that prisons who do solitary confinement, listen to this. Many studies document psychological harms of segregation, including associations between solitary confinement and self-harm, anxiety, depression, paranoia, and aggression, among other symptoms. We were not created to be alone. What does the Bible say? Genesis chapter 2, verse 18. Then the Lord God said, It is not good for man to be alone. I will make a helper who is just right for him. Who is just right. Shame is the next lid that a lot of us battle. I want to give you, I want you to close your eyes, and I have a word of knowledge. I want to speak into some of your hearts. Shame. Close your eyes and just listen with your heart. And we're going to help you get through this if this is you. You feel stuck. As if your tires are spinning in the mud and you're unable to go anywhere. You feel frustrated as you see where you want to go, but you've lost faith that you can actually get there. You thought that there was more, but you've been talking yourself out of believing God for more. And this deep frustration has led you to feeling the inability to change or achieve your goal. You're not making the impact that you want to be making. You've not been as productive as you would like to have been. And the people around you seem so much further along than you. And this almost indescribable, frustrating comparison game is boiling deep in your soul. You can open up your eyes. See, this is a dangerous progression 
because frustration never stays put. And if not dealt with, frustration leads to hopelessness and despair. Negating the John 10.10 promised life that Jesus wants each and every one of you to have. That's why we have people up here to pray for you at the end of every service. And if you need prayer to take a lid off, maybe it's a lid I mentioned, maybe it's a lid I not mentioned, make sure you come for prayer because let me tell you, God answers prayer. I just, I just got the second report this week of somebody who's been coming up here for prayer for months. She said, Vic, I don't have to go back to the doctor for a year. And I said, why is that? She said, I'm cancer-free. Come on, give the Lord a great big hand clap of praise. She's in, the, she's, in the, she's in the audience this morning. And she fills out a prayer request almost every week. And she comes up and she gets prayer almost every week. But the question is, has shame and guilt? See, guilt slaps a lid on you because it accuses you about what you've done. And then shame zips it type and demeans who you are in Christ. Shame says there's no hope of you ever changing. And shame says you're boxed in. And the result is you start accepting that lid. You change your address to 555 Lid Street. You think, man, this is life. This is the way it's going to be the rest of my life. But you never open up the Word of God. You never see this beautiful and describable promise in Romans 8.1. It says, so now there is therefore no condemnation for those who belong to Christ Jesus. Everybody say, take the lid off. And if you find yourself with any of these lids, let me encourage you. It's just a lid. It's just a season. A plant goes into the ground. There's a lid of dirt, but what does it do? It breaks through. It's a season. Man, you can take the lid off. And open yourself up to freedom. And you can begin to pierce the darkness in your light. Because before this lid, this barrel was totally dark inside. But once I begin to lift it up, all of a sudden the light began to pierce the darkness inside there. You can begin to bring God's word to true reality in your life and manifestation in your life. You can experience again for the first time a John 10.10 life, an abundant, overflowing life. How do I know that for sure? Because a lid, listen. One of the definitions of a lid is it's a removable or hinged cover. It's a removable or hinged cover. Everybody say removable or hinged cover. In other words, it can come off. It can come off. It's removable. You can remove the lid over your life. It doesn't matter how long it's been over your life. It doesn't matter how tight it is over your life. It doesn't matter how heavy it is over your life. That lid can be removed from your life. Whether it be shame or negative words or insignificance or guilt or insecurity or, 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 or whatever it is, the weight of your current circumstances, you are not boxed in as you think. It's time to lift the lid. Tell somebody, lift the lid. The next one. This is the big one, especially with Christians. I'm unqualified. 
I'm unqualified, Vic. Guess what? I use that one a lot. God calls me to, to go into full-time ministry. I'm unqualified. I don't even know the books of the Bible. I went to ministry school. I didn't even know the books of the Bible. True story. My first day of ministry school. They said, you need to do a report on Elijah. I came home to Trisha. I'm in ministry school. I come home to Trisha. And I said, because she grew up in church. I said, who's Elijah? She goes, there's two books on him. First and second Kings. Look it up. Figure it out for yourself. She didn't give me any empathy. God has destined you for impact. Even if you feel unqualified, then you're in great company. Guess what? God called Moses. He didn't feel qualified either to do what God was calling him to do. Look, let's pick up the story in Exodus chapter 3. Then the Lord told him, I have certainly seen the oppression of my people in Egypt. I have heard their cries of distress because of their harsh slave drivers. Yes, I'm aware of their suffering. So I've come down. Now, this is God saying, man, I've come down to rescue them from the power of the Egyptians and lead them out of Egypt into their own fertile, spacious land. It's a land flowing with milk and honey, the land where the Canaanites, Hittites, Amorites, Bezerites, Hivites, and Jebusites now live. And it's like, wow, cool. And then, verse 10, God tells Moses, now go, for I'm sending you to Pharaoh. You're going to lead my people of Israel out of Egypt. And I love what God says here. Notice the first thing he spoke. Man, I've seen and I heard. He's a God who sees us. He sees you. And he hears your prayers. And he says, I'm a God that's going to rescue you. God only not sees and hears our prayers, but he responds and is faithful to restore us from our lid, large or small. And then third, he says, I'm sending you. The only people are there, him and Moses. God says, you know what? I'm choosing you, Moses, to be my hands and my feet and my voice of rescuing. And Moses was not buying it, folks, like a lot of you may not feel qualified. See, Moses had a lid on him, and God was trying to pry the lid off, and the problem was Moses was hanging on to the lid, just like a lot of us. And eventually the lid comes off. That, mo that lid was on Moses' life for 40 years. What lid is over your life and leadership that's been limiting you? And God gives him this great big task of waltzing into Egypt and demanding Pharaoh, not asking Pharaoh, but say, I demand you let my people go. Moses wasn't looking at God's great plan at the moment. Moses was only looking at the lid, what the previous 80 years had been. And then he starts these excuses, just like we do. And that's the last lid I want to talk about, the lid of excuses. Why I can't. Why I won't. Why I don't have time. Why I don't have the energy. Why I don't have the knowledge. Why I don't have the boldness. This is what Moses said. Who am I? I'm not a good speaker. What if they won't listen? Just use someone else. 
See, the problem is we look at Moses from the movie standpoint of where he's this incredible guy that God used to do extraordinary things. And we forget that Moses wasn't as confident or secure when God first called him. He was terrified like a lot of us are. He was insecure like a lot of us are. He was letting the lid limit his life like a lot of us are. He had accepted his lot in life like a lot of us have. See, I think all of us can relate to Moses in regards to lids, these excuses. But family, I fellowship, remember how great God is. Remember who you are in Christ Jesus. Find your wits and step out in faith and remove the lids of excuses. Everybody say, enough with the excuses. God has heard our cry for the brokenness in our families, in our state, in our cities, in our nation, in our world. He's heard the cry, just like he heard the children of Israel. Man, I've been everywhere, and everybody wants to come to this country, and I tell them, man, we're not as great as we used to be. We're a great country, but we're not what they think we are. And God has seen the emptiness in people's lives as they attempt to fill themselves with everything this world has to offer but never fulfills. And God has a rescue plan, and he wants to use us as a church, but more importantly, he wants to use me. See, the problem is we pray, God, send revival. We sing about God, send revival. But use somebody else. God says, enough with the excuses. Because you're never going to fulfill God's plan for your life living in these barrels. You can. Everybody say, I can. You can do all things through Christ who strengthens you. That's what I speak into your life. Don't be satisfied with the darkness. Don't be content with the lingering lid over your life. Don't settle for the mundane, mediocre, barrel with a lid mentality. Settle with a low, or settle with a low expectation of your life. Because when Moses began to lift the lid, when Moses began to let go and let God lift it and he began to push on the lid, God says, you know what? I'm going to send Aaron with you because you don't have to do this alone. You don't have to do it alone. And Moses, like you can, grew into his destiny and was used by God to help so many people get the lid off their lives, even though he was insecure. So what do I do, Vic? Stop with the excuses. Be honest about where you are. If you're scared, say, God, man, I'm scared. God, I'm stuck in this miry clay. God, I'm frustrated. God, I'm deflated, and I feel like my life is flat and has no fizz. And if you don't like what you got, then James 1.5 says, If anyone lacks wisdom, you should ask God who gives generously to all without finding fault, and it will be given to you. I love this because God will give you wisdom if you ask for it without pointing out all the reasons that you shouldn't have it. Don't miss that. You need to pray James 1.5 over your life every day. And lastly, be determined to grow. Everybody say grow. 
Man, you are called to be an influencer. I'm, I'm winding down with this. You are called to be an influencer for the gospel of Jesus Christ. You don't have to become somebody else. You don't have to compare yourself to somebody else. You don't have to be someone else to fulfill your purpose. Proverbs 12.24 says this, work hard and become a great leader. Work hard and become a great leader. Salvation is free, but becoming a great leader is hard work because it requires you to do something, and you can't lift the lid but it doesn't happen by yourself. That's why we're launching small groups this summer, and, and you'll see it next week and, and things like that. Why? Because you, God will bring people around you, just like my emotionally healthy, spiritually small group. Man, we were able to lift lids together. Take the steps today to lift your lid. Rise out of your confinement and walk into your destiny. I prophesy that you can do all things through Christ who strengthens you. I prophesy that you can lift the lids off your life, and your life is suddenly going to get better and better and better than it's ever been before. Working hard is about aiming at the right direction consistently. Consistently. Being fully dependent on Jesus and his word. Relying on his empowerment and the presence of his grace to take you to the right steps. Staying consistent even when you don't see much happening. So family life fellowship, bow your heads and close your eyes. What is your next step? Maybe you need to enroll in college. I mean, we got a girl that's in this place right now. She blew me away. Four of them blew me away. They graduated with high school and their associate degree at the same time. I thought, man, wow. I thought I was a stud graduating high school early. Maybe you need to begin reading leadership books instead of romance novels. Maybe you need to take seriously the position of influence that God has placed you in your work, in your home, in your hobby. Maybe you need to sit down and write out a business plan. Maybe you need to start growth tracks. Maybe you need to lead or get in a small group this summer. Maybe you need to rejoin the dream team. Maybe you need to go on, plan on going on a missions trip, and I'll, I'll have a, some information out in the next couple weeks on a couple trips. Maybe you need to stop sitting on the sidelines and reach out and start to push on that lid and quit blaming everyone else for the lid and simply make a choice to get out of your barrel. Maybe you need to ask Jesus into your heart today. Maybe you need to take the next step and not just make him Savior, but make him Lord. Why? Because at the end of the day, people are at stake. And their eternities are at stake. And lifting your lid is not just so you can feel better about yourself, but we're here to reach people. We're here to make an eternal difference in their lives, to help them fulfill God's purpose in their life. But if you're going to do that, it requires you to lift your lid. You can make a difference. You don't have to accept the lids or the limitations over your life because with God, all things are truly possible. At the end of service, there's people up here to pray for you, but maybe you need to give your heart to Jesus in whatever capacity. Just at your seat, just say, Dear Jesus, I ask you into my heart right now. I ask you to forgive my sins. I take the lid of being blinded by my yesterday. 
I take it off. And I begin to realize I, I can't see it, but I know the light's coming in, but I can feel it that God's got something for me. And you just sort of pray that prayer in your own words.